Corso and Catone. Presented by Special Sauce Podcast, Studio 42 Design, and Corso Law Group. Now for the real deal New England feel, Corso and Catone. Welcome into Corso and Catone, the real deal New England feel. Chris Corso alongside Mark Catone, Joe Gonari, and you watching us on YouTube and listening to us on iTunes Radio, the iHeartRadio app. And for Alexa listeners, just say play Corso and Catone podcast on iHeart and all our shows will pop up. And check us out on Twitter at Corso underscore Catone. And of course, the heated hotline, 855-313-PATS, 24-7. Leave us a message. We'll pick one. That one could be yours. So 855-313-7287. Hey, gentlemen, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about today. And I'll, and I'll line up uh, because we're going to go real deal. We are going real deal talking about this, the friggin' Patriots and two positions they need more than anything else. And in uh, the scouting combine that's happening this week. So we're going to get into that. And, of course, Catone's comments. Never want to miss that. I'm sure it won't uh, disappoint. Of course, Weekly Rewind, we're going to, I feel like we're going to have something special in Weekly Rewind today. So stick around for that. And we're going to hear from somebody in the nation today on our heated hotline later on in the show. So, uh, gentlemen, how are we feeling? How was our week? Oh, feel good. Ready to go. Can I watch the combine? This is my, one of my favorite times of the year. Well, Joe, we appear that to have the brawny uh, paper towel guy on today with the hey, Joe, Act. Hey, Joe, you know, listen, there's a reason for this today. It'll fit into Catone's comments. Uh, you I know, love it. I, I, it's an, it's a, there's a reason to stick around. So, uh, <laughs> okay, well, then you guys ready to get going? Let's go. All right, let's go. Hey, let's go real deal and get irritated with the Patriots. Yeah. The New England Patriots are in desperate need of two positions, among other things. Wide receiver and linebacker, number ones for each thing. Get, take the top off the defense and go sideline to sideline athlete. They don't have it. They can't draft it. They can't evaluate it. So Mark and I th- thought we would do that for them today. And, you know, that keeping in, in line with the combine that's taking place this week, college players are going to Indianapolis to showcase all their talents and uh, skills for NFL coaches and uh, scouts. And for Mark and I, we're going to do the same thing for the idiot brain trust that's in New England and breaking these two positions down. So Mark, wide receiver, what's the plan? And what should this wide receiver room look like the day after the draft? So as you said, Chris, they need to take, in some case, take the top off the field. They don't have that, right? Aguilar was supposed to do that. He didn't do that. When you look at this wide receiver class, Chris, at the top of the class, right, you've got guys like you know, Drake London from, from USC. you got guys like Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. They're talking about guys like Chris Olave from, from Ohio State. Even the kid, uh, Doxon, from, from Penn State. Those guys are probably going to be drafted before you draft at 21, right? So, I mean, maybe Olave will drop. They mentioned his name a few times as dropping. I'm not a fan of Olave's, Chris. If you watch tape on him and you watch him at the Combine, he catches the ball he, he runs real crisp routes. He'll get open. He'll catch the ball, and that's it. It's a 15-yard catch, 20-yard catch. There's no yards after catch. There's none of that. He, he, he's a root runner, makes catches, 
but doesn't give you anything else, okay? And, and, and maybe that's fine for certain teams, but that's not what we need. So I'm not a fan of his. If he was somebody we drafted and he was in our room the day after the draft, I would not be happy. Um, so where we're sitting, Chris, in, in, in at 21, and he, maybe even if we traded down into the second round, right, and, and, and a little bit and, and get extra picks, guys that I like, Chris, I love John Mechie from Alabama. He had the knee injury. I think he's going to be there in the second round. I don't think you're going to waste the 21st pick on him. You could trade back, and you could take him. Um, the kid, Jamison Williams, didn't play with Mac Jones, but he played at Alabama. Um, I would probably take him as well. But Mechie played with Jones, said he'd love to play with Jones again. He was Jones' security blanket. When they asked Nick Saban about Mechie, he said he's the ultimate wide receiver. Hands down, no question. Well, that's Belichick's buddy, right? Isn't that why we don't have O'Brien here? Because of the, the him, and, him and, you know, Saban? So if Saban's saying that about Mechie, Mechie should have a New England Patriot uniform on the day after the damn draft. But anyway, there's other guys, Chris, also in this draft that I think because of the depth in this draft at other positions, you're going to have receivers slide. The other kid I like, Chris, who's just like Julian Edelman, who plays at Alabama too, is Slade Bolden. Um, I think you could get him in the fourth round. I think he'll be there in the fourth round. I don't think you're going to take him high, fourth round pick. Maybe if, if if he's there in the fourth round and you're going to move up a few spots to make sure no one else takes him on you, I would take him because I wouldn't be surprised if that's somebody that um, McDaniels looks at as well, Chris. Even though McDaniels has Renfro, Renfro's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So you never know, right? But I love Bolden. A couple other guys I really like, Chris. Um, the kid Sky Moore out of Central Michigan is a day. I think he's a day two guy. He won't survive after day two. Um, he was the smoothest guy, Chris, at the combine running drills. If you watched him, he he was the smoothest guy. If you watch tape on him, he gets in and out of his roots. He he puts his foot in the ground. He just moves. He takes off, gets away from guys. He would give you a slot guy who also could give you something vertical. You should take the top off the ball. He could do both, and he could do it from the slot position, something we have not had here, okay? And then there's guys later in the draft, Chris, that I like as well because I think this is going to be a draft where you're going to get guys in the fifth round late fourth round, fifth round receivers. I like the kid, uh, Romeo Dubs from Nevada. Uh, the kid, This kid, Rondell Robinson, Chris. Um, his 10-yard splits and, and his explosiveness out of breaks, he reminds me a little bit, your friend Tariq Hill. Hill was drafted fourth, fifth round, third round maybe, I'm sorry, third round. This kid, Robinson, Chris, is somebody in the fourth or fifth round who... A couple of years from now, I'm going to be like, holy Christ, this kid's a thousand-yard receiver. Yeah, he, he has that ability. So this draft, Chris, I think you're going to be able to get receivers later as well. But I want to see Mechie, and I want to see Bolden. And I'd love to see Sky Moore. A combination of those guys, either Bolden and Moore with Mechie, but I want Mechie. Mark, give me a guy. Give me a guy that can, that can be Samuel, that can be in the backfield. I love, oh, that's the other guy I meant to mention, Chris. So this kid, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, if he's there at 21, you're going to take him. I don't think you have a choice. You have to take him because he's he's Debo Samuel, I think. He looks like him. He he can move like him. I think, believe it or not, he's a better route runner than Samuel was in college. Samuel was just more, more of an athlete in college. The kid Burks from Arkansas, Chris, if he's there at 21, 
I don't know how you pass on them. And if you notice, Chris, where are all these guys from? What conference? Most of them. <laughs> the SEC. Most of them. Most I have a pro- Mark. I have a problem with uh, after Harry. I'm so I'm so like you know like somebody comes you know what I mean like the dog like the beaten dog. I'm so. Well, Chris, they're disgusted this after Harry. You- I don't want to. I don't want to take anybody after uh, outside the SEC, Mark. But they're mentioning the kid from USC, Chris. I wouldn't take another Pac-10 receiver. Are they crazy? A Pac-12 receiver? Are they nuts? I don't. I don't even want to go to. I don't even want to go to Penn State. I don't. You know, and that's that's the problem I have with them. But Mark, do you think that the wide receiver class, right? You say it's deep. You can get guys. Is that due to the fact that th- this draft is so deep and heavy with D line, Chris? You got D line and linebackers, right? So. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna go in the early rounds, and those those receivers are gonna get pushed out. But I like the idea you have of the Debo Samuel guy because in Burks because that's a Swiss Army knife guy, right? And Belichick loves those kind of guys. He likes those, those kind Aaron of guys. Hernandez Chris, types. He really does. He really does. But I'm gonna say something, Chris. I do, and if he's here at 21, I guess you gotta take him. But Jesus, Chris. Why wouldn't you just go get this guy, Mac Jones, his security blanket? I'm telling you this kid, Mechie, Chris. I've been telling you about this kid. Before his knee injury, I told he, he he's 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 Jones's security blanket if you go get him. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Because out of he sight, got out hurt earlier. He got hurt earlier. He got hurt earlier. earlier, and so And I'm going to tell you like somebody Williams else, more. Chris, who I really like. I'm going to – reminds me of Devontae Adams a little bit. <clears throat> out of sight, out of mind. He High was praise. hurt this year. He's been hurt for a couple of years on and off. The kid George Pickens from Georgia. The kid Pickens from Georgia will be an yeah. all-pro NFL player if he stays healthy, Chris. He will be an all-pro. He's that good. If he's there in the second round, third round, he's going to drop. These are all these SEC guys, Chris. We don't draft them. It's about time we draft them. Yeah. He and had then- a great game against uh, Bama. In oh, the, in he the did. championship, he did, but he so. was honestly he hadn't. That was like the first or second game he played in weeks. So, you know, if you notice, Chris, all these draft analysis, no one's talking about him. Which they that's why he he's going to be there too. And and I'll tell you what, Chris, when you talk about we're talking about speed, SEC at receiver. Yeah. Well, conversely, on the other side of the ball, mm. linebacker. So, linebacker, <laughs> I know, I know you want another Elgerin Roberts. I know you do. <laughs> you know. Your favorite guy, your favorite yeah. guy. But, Mark, Mark, look, they're devoid of athleticism at the linebacker position, minus Judon. And, and I'm saying, get, I will get rid of them all. I don't want any of them anymore. You know, Bentley can give you a little something, but look, they're slow. They're football old. They don't plug gaps anymore. They don't get off blocks anymore. They can't get sideline to sideline. They can't cover anybody out of the backfield. They get lost in coverage. So when I look at when I look at the linebackers in this draft, and they're going today, the linebackers in the combine are going to going to showcase today. So we'll take these names, take a good look at later on today. But there's only two guys, Mark, in the first round that I would consider taking at the 21st spot, and I have them going in that low 20 spot. Now the guy I like is probably not the one most do, but I like Nicobe Dean, okay, out of out of Georgia. Now you're gonna this is gonna be a theme for me. You're gonna hear a lot of Georgia guys because that defense was full of NFL players, full of NFL talent. This is one of them. This is a guy, he's explosive. He's a three down backer. So he can stay on the field. He's an athlete 
that gets instant acceleration. So this is a guy that's going to get in gaps, have his run fit proper. He's not going to avoid uh, blocks, Mark. He'll get he'll get off the blocks. He'll challenge him. He's not going to try to run around like Van Noy and Bentley and some of these other guys. So he's fearless at the point of attack. Now, he's not as much of a sideline-to-sideline side guy, guy, Mark, but here's the thing with him. He can cover. He can cover backs out of the backfield, which tells me on those bubble screens, he can get lateral to cover these guys. I'm interested to see how he would do against tight ends because that's something we're missing too. So that's a guy to me that I would take at 21 if he's there, you know, subject to your, what we were talking about with the wide receiver group. So, I mean, but see, this is a guy I think Bill will redshirt, which will piss us off. See, I think he's going to put, he'll put him on the bench for you and that'll aggravate us. Now, the other guy, okay, that I think he will like, a Bill guy, would be Devin Lloyd, which is what a lot of people have him going at 21 to the Patriots. This guy, I think, will go a little more sideline to sideline. Belichick will like this guy because he can play all the linebacker spots. He can do them all, okay? He's from Utah. Um, had a great senior season. He's a little undisciplined, okay, and, and lacks that body control when he's going lateral. So when he's going back and forth, he kind of gets lost in the mix there. And, and, you know, that's an issue. But, again, his versatility, which is what I know Belichick likes. You can't go wrong with either one of these two guys, Mark, honestly. The problem I have with Lloyd, if I had to say, his play recognition isn't as crisp as, as you know, as Dean, in my opinion. And, and, and to me, if you played in Utah, like we always talk about, you're not playing against NFL. You're not playing against NFL talent, all of them, every single week, like you are in Georgia in the SEC, right? I mean, you're playing against NFL talent every week, so I'm always going to give the nod to the SEC player over the, yeah. over this guy from Utah. But that's why I think Belichick in the first round. I mean, Mark, you can't go wrong with these two guys, either one of them, yeah? No, the kid Dean, Chris, if you if anybody watched the um S, the uh national championship game against Alabama, Chris, he was all over the field. And you say he can't get sideline to sideline, but if you watch that national championship game, Chris, he was chasing guys down on the backside. He was chasing he was. guys to the sidelines on the backside. Now, that may have been because there was a blown block and he was just free to run loose, but he was getting sideline to sideline, Chris, and he was getting to – the other thing I liked was he was flying off the edge after the quarterback on design – blitzes and, and schemes that they were running with him. Um, well, both I, of I them can him. make plays in the backfield. Both yeah. of them can do it. This guy I like a little more to do that, like you yeah. say. Tackles for loss. And and I think this guy can seal the edge for what you're saying. I just get a little nervous about how he's he not lingers the biggest behind guy, a Chris. little bit. No, no. And that's the thing. He was a, He's a little stocky. He's 6 feet, 225, roughly. So he's a little smaller as the other guy, 6'2", you know, roughly the same weight. But I yeah. agree with you, Mark. He can do it. He's going to get coached up, both of these guys. So, listen, day one, subject to the wide receiver situation, I like both of these guys. When you move into day two, and these are the tiers, day one, yep. day two, day three. Okay, when you move into day two, Mark, there's still guys. There's still a lot of guys. So you can play with your receiver in the first day and still get your guy. My guy is Tyndall. Again, another common out of Georgia, 6'2", two, 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 around 220, 225, something like that. This is an inside linebacker that can play outside as well, okay? He's, he's, this is the sideline to me. This guy can get sideline to sideline, his pursuit, okay? Again, 
getting into the second round, third round, the play recognition could be better with him. Um, but he'll play his role in the scheme, and you know Bill likes that. Okay, he's consistent. He'll find the ball carrier. He'll he'll plug. He'll have his. He'll be true to his run fits, and he will get to seal the edge. So you're going to get a little more outside with this guy too. Now, to me, Bill's guy will be this Damian Clark out of LSU, another SEC guy. I don't think you can go wrong with him. He's a versatile guy. The reason I Bill would like this guy, he's got a, a, a real good football character. He's one of those guys. He's an alpha linebacker type of guy. All right. And so isn't he a little bigger, Chris? He's a little bigger. He's 6'2, 240. Okay. Um, he likes the 240, said, 245 guys, Chris. Yeah, he, he does. And it, it, he's more of an inside guy, you know. But the reason why everybody's getting play, he's getting so much play, is he had an unbelievable game against Alabama. They lost to Alabama, but yeah. he had an unreal game, and everybody saw it. So that's why he's getting some love here. And, and you know, again, his, his point of attack at the mesh, his mesh point attack is a problem. Mesh point is where, you know, on a RPO, run pass option or, or read option, where quarterback's holding it out and then decides. That's the mesh point. He has a problem playing that a little bit. But, you know, some of that can be coached. Mark, both of these guys, again, you know, I, I look at the Georgia player because he's underrated. He doesn't get as many accolades because look who he was playing with. He's playing with NFL players all over the field. You put this guy on your team, you're going to be happy. And that's a second, that's a second day guy. A couple other guys, Mark, to look at, keep these names in mind are Quay Walker. Uh, again, another guy from Georgia. Uh, he's instinctive. Good. Um, Christian Harris, that Alabama linebacker. Take a look at him. He's a, he's a good inside linebacker, three-year starter in a, in a big program. But problem with that guy, Mark, is he's less instinctive and less physical than you're used to seeing an Alabama linebacker. So a little more leery him, but Mark, those are the guys in the second round, second, third round that I see in day two. A lot of them, right? There's a lot. Yeah. A lot of them. The kid, the kid clock from LSU, Chris, I like him a little bit, but, but what scares me is what you mentioned about the mesh point. So when you're playing against Buffalo and, and, and everyone does and, it. Yeah. And, and, but especially the, the team we're chasing Chris and Allen's running that, that what he runs. Well, if that kid can't, can't do it well we, you know what i mean that scares me a little bit just because you're in a division with with, with allen you know what i mean and, and the, mark the problem with that situation with the me with the mesh point is when you're late on that or you can't read it well your explosiveness goes down it goes away and if you're doing that if, if there's a read option with allen that you suggested that dude's like roethlisberger you can't get him to the ground you better have some explosiveness, so you better play that mesh well. So, yeah, Mark, I mean, there, there are linebackers later, second, third, fourth. I mean, a couple of guys to look for are sleeper guys. Um, Brandon Smith, two Penn State guys. Brandon Smith and Jesse Lucchetta, who I think Bill would be the guy who loves this guy because every coach that this guy's played for, Lucchetta, uh, 6'2", 261, has loved him. Okay, he's that guy that can he can play in a four three, he can play the Sam linebacker, the strong side. So that's a guy Belichick would like. I like Brandon Smith out of Penn State. Again, he's an edge guy. He's a seal the edge, sideline to sideline, do the outside things. I don't know how we'd be inside though. So my and then Chad Muma, you know, that Wyoming, although I tend to stay away from that conference a lot. But uh Mark Chris, in the SEC. Let me ask Definitely you a question. In the SEC. Do you honestly think Belichick's going to draft the sideline, the sideline linebacker. Honestly. He has to. He has to. I mean, how can you not anymore? 
you know, Mark, you know what? I'll tell you what. That's a fireable offense then, okay? That's a fireable offense. God damn it. You see the way these freaking guys played and what they were like against Buffalo? Holy crap. They looked like high school linebackers. They were late. Freaking, I, I told you, football old, you know, and slow. So, I mean, how can you look at this defense and not see it? Chris, so so let me ask you this. He, he, he likes these thumpers. He likes the thumpers, the big, you know. That, that's a day, that's a lost era. That, that, yeah, that, that era's gone, Chris. And now they're even saying Chris that Van Oy could be a salary cap dump because they need money. He, he, he may be a release. So if he goes, he didn't, I mean, I'm not saying he had a great year, but if he goes, that's another line. But like, like you really need, you're going to need to take Chris, as you said, for fourth, fifth, fourth, fourth, fifth round guys. You're going to have to take several. They'll be there too. They'll be there. Hey, listen, Mark, I'll trade the guys I just mentioned in the second round, third round. I'll trade them for Van Noy right now. I'll okay. trade any one of those guys right. for Van Noy right now, especially the outside guy. Okay. Because I, I, I Mark, I dump them all. In looking over. at this draft, Chris, the value play. Okay, if if, if Nicole B. Dean is at twenty one, or 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 I don't know, maybe maybe one of the receivers that we mentioned, maybe maybe you sit in that spot. But if they're not, Chris, the value play may be to trade out of that pick, stay in the upper half of the second round. You get another an extra second round pick. You probably can get Mechie from Alabama, and you probably can get one of your SEC linebackers. Now you've done, you've done two things, two priorities that you needed, and now you desperately need a corner. Well, now you can look maybe and go get a corner too in the draft, right? So, so this could be one of those drafts where Belichick looks at who's there, may slide down a bit, Chris, because I still think there's value as as we said at linebacker and receiver. Even if you stay at, go into the top of the second round, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does out of that twenty first position. Yeah, and I don't think any of it's going to matter. And and next mock over the coming weeks, we're going to talk more corner play, safety play, defensive front. And listen, I don't think it's going to make much difference if the guy, the defensive lineman you love, is sitting there at twenty one and Belichick will tape him. We'll talk about that next week. We're going to have, so stick around because we're going to have a lot more on this. Uh, the Real Deal was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? SpecialSaucePodcast.com. Hey, when we come back, always buckle up. Catone's Comments is next. Special Sauce Podcast, wherever you podcast. What's your special sauce? Time for Catone Comments! So, you know what I'm sick of watching? You put right. You, you put on these shows on TV, right? As everyone knows, because they were Joe and Chris were busting my beans about you know I was w- working out of a hotel at one point. Well, so 
when you're doing these renovations of homes, right? You, you renovate a home. You watch these shows on TV. You watch this, this Chip and Joanna, Chip and Joanna. They, 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 they're redoing bathrooms, but it's a $50,000 job. They did it for twelve. I want to know what contractors do they get for 12000 to redo the bathroom? They're, they're getting rat-infested homes, but they're, they're buying them, and they're, they're refurbishing them for 100000 The house needs to be... Demolished and it, it, it brought up thinking it, it drives me nuts knowing what I've been doing. I'm still not done, right? And, and these you watch these shows, they, they're putting oh, you get cabinets, this, that, oh, yeah, you can even put them up yourself, put them up yourself. Well, you'll put a cabinet up yourself, the thing will be crooked sideways. What? I'm so sick of this. And everybody you talk to, now that I've been doing this for a while, right? Everybody you talk to, everybody's a contractor, everybody's a handyman. Oh, you can do that yourself. Do what yourself. I'll, I'll lock, I'll cement myself into the ground. Christ's sake, you can do it yourself. Are these people sick? You can do. I'm so chipping Joanne. And you got you got this guy with the beard. I don't even know what channel he's on. He's got a beard. His wife looks like a Bobby doll. They they walk around. They they refab these houses. She looks like she should be working at one of those places with the poles. She she's rehabbing houses. Are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> this morning they want to make fun of my shirt. This morning I was in the back like Paul Bunyan. I was doing things with trees because that's the next thing she wants to do now. She wants to play with the backyard. It's bad enough I had to do all kind of stuff to, to, in the house. Now she wants to play with the backyard. So I figured this fit like Paul Bunyan. He bet she brawny. I'm not the brawny guy. I'm Paul Bunyan. I was playing around today. With trees, cutting things, you know. But Chris, if you these you these home improvement shows drive me nuts. They drive me out of my mind. Everybody thinks they're they're, they're contractors now. I'll electrocute myself. They're putting up lights. You get electrocuted for Christ's sakes. Totally, totally, totally ridiculous. These shows, ridiculous. I I would give anything to see you on one of these shows, Joe. I want to go on the show with the girl, with the with the one because I want with the well, man. I, I want to go on the show I, with her. I told you guys what 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 week was it? We were talking about binge watching. I told you you guys oh, laughed at me and that. I, what did I say? One of his shows he probably watches was Beyond the Pole, right? What Beyond the, the Pole on the show? Wii I don't Network. Know what that is. And there he goes mentioning the pole again. There it is, Joe. So, <laughs> Mark, uh, you know what's it? And it and I don't oh, you you did similar. stuff in your yard. You 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 did we did that whole patio. You couldn't have did that uh, you, yourself. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's a topic for a Corso crisis. You know, yes, at another definitely. at another day because I'm going on a year, almost a year, <laughs> yeah. for a backyard redo. Could you imagine doing it yourself, Chris? No, put me on one of those shows going on over there. I'm throwing rocks at the guy. That's what I'm doing. Come in my backyard, I throw a rock at you. The contract is, yeah, Mark, it never goes the way those shows go, you know, where you $12,000, yeah, okay. Good, good luck with that. You right. know what happens with real jobs is the brawny guy over here ends <laughs> up going outside and cutting his own trees down because that's it. You run out, right? What, uh, what mean, sounds better, Corso and Brawny or Corso and Bunyan? Yeah, we'll I stick like with Joe. 
I don't know. We next week we got to put that up. My, Joe, get a um, you know, get a paper towel thing or the brawny and just put it up there. And we'll we'll compare. But Mark, you're gonna have to start growing that. You're gonna have to start growing that that beard. So where are we at then? Where are we at in this? Well, we're, we're actually we're actually we're actually we're actually doing pretty well now. The next the next stage is the outside of the house. The, we're actually, but we had to wait until the, you know the, the spring comes. Now we're actually. Moving along, but nowhere near. Well, you watch these shows, Chris. Everything's done in three weeks. What you 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 did all that in three weeks? Three yeah. weeks. Yeah, three yeah. Weeks. like the money. It took the guy. It took the guy that was. They took the contractor that was doing the floors. It, he was stuck in my outhouse. They had because the bathrooms were shut down for two weeks. He was going. He was going what? <laughs> what did you? Did you go to the neighbor's house? Did you push down in the snow every time it snows? Did you use his bathroom? <laughs> What, what, he, what, you know, what? No, 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 we no, said no. your bathrooms were all shut down. What did you? What did you? Well, do? we I'm had to wait. Wait, no, I'm joking. You, you got the port. You got the port john oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We didn't do that. We're, we're gonna I'm need joking. video. That, we're that, gonna that, need video joking. of that I'm sitting joking. in the front yard. You that know I'm what I mean? Could you picture me going to one of those things? Oh my god. That I'm joking. You remember the game? We went to the Patriot game. And bringing up a Porter John. It was Indianapolis, <laughs> Patriots, it's snowing, it's Manning, it's Brady, and this fool shows up with an Indianapolis Colts jacket. I remember, right? Yeah. And he goes in the Porter John. Well, it's a playoff game. It was, I think it was, we beat them. I, I, I think it was Ty Law was playing. It was that team, right? Yeah. In the snow. And all of a sudden, he goes in the Porter John. This poor guy, they started shaking the <laughs> they, they, they tipped the thing over. over, Joe, with the guy in it. <laughs> This guy walked That's out, the this real guy deal, Patriots. Way. This guy walked out of that friggin' thing. His face was like a like a ghost, like a ghost, and he's got stuff all over his nice Peyton Manning jersey and everything like that. Was, I actually felt I felt real bad for the guy. But Mark, it's like it's like that movie, The Money Pit. Same thing over here. You keep asking him how long? Two weeks. Two weeks. How long is it gonna take? Two weeks. That's all you say. Two weeks, and you get to know these people now. Hey Charles, how you? That's going to guy's name, Charles. Charles, how you doing? Oh, good. You know, want a Gatorade? Yeah, you got the red one. Yeah, sure. I'll bring it out to him. <laughs> Mark, this is how it goes. Twelve grand. That's a dream. <laughs> Two weeks. That's, that's, you watch these shows. That's what it is. Oh, 15 grand. You got twenty grand. You do. You got a whole new kitchen. Twenty grand. Yeah. Where, yeah. What? And then, they, and then and then they come in and say, "Well, there's a change. We never know what we're gonna find when we pull it up." You ever hear that one? Oh, you, yeah. you heard that out there? You heard that out there, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what we're going to find when we pull it up, so there may be a change. Okay. And that's where that's where 12 grand becomes 100, right? Mm. Yep. Mark, good stuff. Brawny. Uh, not <laughs> Brawny. What uh, What would you want to call yourself? Bunyan. Bunyan. All right, Paul Bunyan. Mark, you sh- uh, Joe, you should name the show that now, you know? Two weeks. Just call it two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> Tone's comments was presented by Corso Law Group, Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. CorsoLawGroup.com. Allow us to be your voice. Hey, when we come back, we're going to get into Weekly Rewind right after this. It's that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20-plus years' experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk 
These expert attorneys who I know will help you. Corso Law Group. Back in with more Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. In our weekly rewind segment, uh, we got a couple of uh, good things this week, right? So, Joe, we got a wash for this? I do. I was going to say, don't lose my wash. I love the song well, on this. Here we go. Well, instead of you talking. <laughs> going back, back, going back through the week. But a weekly rewind. Weekly, weekly rewind. Oh, I love that remix. So, so before we can get into other things that went on this week, uh, I got to give congratulations to uh, Mark and Tone and his PC Friars. Last Saturday, they won their first, in school history, their first Big East regular season Big East championship. They did it against Creighton last Saturday night. And I say congratulations to you because Mark's an alumnus. Is, is that what you say, alumnus? Well, he went to school there. So congratulations to all, Mark, you and your fellow Friars. And, and the thing, real quick, I was shocked when I heard this. Honestly, when you told me this, because uh, I watched the game, this is a team that's been to two Final Fours, NCAA, Elite Eights, about four of them, Sweet 16s, like five, 20 appearances in over history in the, in the big tournament, two NIT championships. I think those were 61 and 63. Um, and they won conference tournament championships too, 94 and 2014. And now they add this. I was shocked to know that they've never won a regular season Big East championship. Mark, you were there. You, was, you, you went to this school. Night, um, How does it feel? Uh, what was it like? The place, and I was texting you during the game. It, the, it was like I've never seen that place before. I mean, I've been to, God, 100 games over there, right, uh, to, to watch them play basketball. Um, and it, it was just, from the moment you walked in the place, it, it was just, it was electric. I, I never saw or heard the, the crowd like it was. The students were, were they they bust the students in from campus. They finally started doing that the, the last couple of years. Um, they were, they bust the kids in. They, they had standing room only for the kids in sections. They usually don't allow them. The, the place was just electric and bananas from, from, from the opening tip. And you could just f- feel it when you walked into the building that night that um, something special was going to happen, especially if they won the game. Um, and, 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 of course, it did. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I... As Chris says, oh, you know, you, you, your family. I used to go with my son. I mean, he's in college right now. But from when he was like four or five years old, I would take him to all the games. I'd bring his friends. And um, so he's even like texting me during the game. And he's like, you know, dad, they're going to rush the court. Look at the, you know, the, the, the students are, are, are gathering behind the basket already. It was like the 10-minute mark uh, of the second uh, into the second half. And, and they, 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 they blocked the back of both baskets. You Because they were up now like 10, 12 points. You knew. They were going to rush the court if they won this thing. Um, and then, like, well, maybe about a minute to go, they brought in uh, the kid, Fonts, who really doesn't play. He's a senior. Oh, yeah. He scores a basket. Well, the student section, both student sections went crazy. They got these tall boy beers. They start shaking them and spraying them all over the place. It was like, <laughs> you know, it was nuts. They had to stop the game and wipe the court. I think they even gave, you know, Cooley, um, they gave the fry a bench a tech because – the kids got yeah. the floor wet, right? But um, well, the coach didn't the coach uh, come on the loudspeaker? He had to get on the loudspeaker, and, and and interestingly enough, for those people who don't know the story, I mean, if you're not from this part of the country, so Ed Cooley, the coach of the Providence Friars, was born and raised in South Providence. 
um, went to Central High School in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, this, he, he, his family's from here, still lives here. Um, this was like a dream for him to come back to Rhode Island and coach at Providence College, and, 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 and he did it. And, 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 and now not only did he do it, he's actually having success. So it's, it's almost like a, you know, like one of these things you see, you know, on TV. He, he, he comes home and he does what he promised. His opening press conference, he said, I'm home. He said, and we're going to win a national championship here. Well, yeah. I don't know if they'll well, win a national championship, but but that was what he said in his opening press conference. I'm home, and we're going to win a national championship here. Local boy makes good. Local right, boy, Mark? Makes, Local boy good. makes good. Yeah. And, you know, my, my grandfather... I was uh, just going to say that, Chris. Yeah, he he. I'm sure he was looking down from above. Have because he used to take me to the games too. Um, in like the, the the Billy Donovan days and 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 Rick Pitino, and uh, he must have been smiling, looking down. Uh, Mark, did you? I asked you this, texting you this about eight minutes left in the game. You're going to rush the court, right? I said. Uh, my wife didn't let me rush the court. <laughs> ah. Are you kidding me? Oh. I'm a little too old for that. I oh, want to know. Been perfect. We got to ask our fans, the Pats Nation fans, if anybody went to watch Mark, if they went specifically for that, because you called it I out. I told them to do I it. I know. I want to know if anybody calls us on the hotline. Let us know if you went to watch. And and the other oh, thing yeah, is, that's right. Chris, my son in his room has the Providence College cup that was your grandfather's that yeah. you gave me. You saw it. He has it on his shelf. Um in his room um, next to his, he's got a bunch of PC, PC stuff in one section in his room. And, and yeah. he's got Chris's grandfather's cup there. So it, it was nice. It was really nice. And, and it was, it was a special night, especially, you know, being a, a graduating, being a Providence graduate, a Providence college graduate. It was, you know, it, it was definitely something to see um, and experience. And Hey, it's March, right? March madness. So, so next week's the big East tournament. And then next Sunday is selection Sunday and we'll see where Providence ends up. They should have a good seed and you know, let's see, they got a shot to make a run. Maybe we'll see. It'll be exciting. But um, yeah, last Saturday, Chris was really, really a, a special night to be at the Dunkin' Donuts center. I've never seen it like that. It, and and I, like I said, I've been to uh, God knows how many games, you know, like you said, from the Donovan era and, and with Patino and those, you know, when he was the coach and, and, I've never seen that place like that ever. Yeah, you know? and you can all the way back to Lenny Wilkins, John Thompson. You know, yeah. Dave Gavitt must have been smiling somewhere. Mark, the the you know the former head of the Big yeah. East and and the Providence guy and and all of that. For those people that are like basketball people, if you like college basketball, ESPN has a thirty for thirty. It's called Requiem of a Dream, and and it's about the Big East and 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 how the Big East was formed by Gavitt. And, and 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 the history of the Big East Conference. And if you're somebody from this part of the country, and and you know you would enjoy it, Chris. It's called Requiem of a Dream, and and they usually show it every March. Once once the tournament starts, you watch, and and they'll have it on ESPN at some point. They show that thirty for thirty again. Um, it's it's that that's a great thirty for thirty to show you the history of the Big East Conference and and his thought process in starting that conference. He was just a he was just brilliant. And and Gavitt, I mean. Dave Gavitt in in, in, in yeah. what he he how he created that whole conference, you know. Um, but congratulations uh, to you and your fellow Friars. Uh, hey, we're rooting for them hard in the uh, in the tournament coming up, and I'm sure you're going to have Mark. You'll have a lot more to say on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Inc yep. Yep. Including including your take this week. Yes. What absolutely. did you find this week? Well, we so don't this, know. Week, <laughs> this week, this week, this I, week, you know me, everybody knows me. I'm a baseball guy, right? There's not many of us left, but I'm a baseball guy. 
and and today, this week, absolutely disheartened me. I mean, these clowns can't get their act together to to, to solve this, right? The, you know, the players don't the the, the players don't want a a, a floor, Chris. So so they don't want a floor for salary cap because they're afraid if they have a floor, it'll create a salary cap. If if you start here, and that's where you can't go any lower than that, well then. The owners are going to want, well, the owners don't want that because there'll be a ceiling. So they, they don't want this floor and ceiling like they have in other sports, right? So, yeah, you can get the, a big contract in, in, in football, but at the end of the day, Chris, they have the luxury tax, right? They have that, or they have the salary cap. They have the luxury tax in baseball, and in basketball, they have a, a salary cap. They don't want a salary cap in baseball. But it really doesn't make any sense. I mean, these small market teams, Chris, they keep playing, they're losing money, they're losing money. I don't know how much money they're losing, but man, they're not playing the they're not paying these players a whole heck of a lot of money. I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy. And the and the thing that gets me is all this conversation about open up the books. If you're losing money, let's see the books. The owners won't open up the books. So what does that because tell you? Because they're not losing money. They're not losing money. The players said, listen, if you're really losing money, we'll come to the table and we'll help. Open the books up. Let's see it. And we'll help you. The owners won't open the books. Even the small market owners, they said they're not opening the books. Right? The other thing that cool. amazes me, everybody talks about the fact that who's sitting to watch a three-and-a-half-hour baseball game? So nothing at that table in negotiations was to help speed up the game, make it more watchable, make it a more enjoyable experience when you go to the park. None of that is on the table. So I I just don't get what they don't see about this. If you and I can see it. Yeah. And then the final thing I'll say on this (coughs) is – the owners don't care because right now they're not losing money. They don't start to lose money until they're 25 games in. What I read was 25 games. After that, if 25 games are canceled, then they start to lose money on the TV contract. As long as they don't go over 25 games, the TV, they get the full TV contract and all the money from their TV contracts. So unless they cancel 25 or more games, they don't lose a cent. You mark my words. They'll settle this, and they'll be playing by. They'll they will not go over twenty five. The owners they'll they'll settle this the end of March. So so yeah, they'll start is, a month late, month and a half late. But they'll, they'll they'll get all the money from that TV contract. You watch. But they, because it doesn't to them, they're not losing anything. No. I mean, not Mark. Who are they putting in that place in April? They're not putting anybody. They're not putting any, anybody in these stadiums in April. So they're not they're not losing any money there. Um and and. The luxury tax is just another name for the cap. I mean, that's it. It's the sal- it's a salary cap. This is what they want to make it, the owners. And they have the leverage. They can they can withstand this. But I will give the, the players some credit because the top-end guys, usually, you know, this isn't how much can this really affect them, you know? Um, but they're trying to fight for those lower-end guys, the lower-end salary guys, who still make a ton of money, the minimum. But that's who they're trying to fight for. And you got to commend them for that. But, uh, but the owners... Yeah, they're not losing money. Mark, do you realize that it's it's an odd thing because baseball's they say, well, baseball's dying, right? It's not really dying. Not from a revenue standpoint. The NBA is behind them. You know, NFL, nobody's touching the NFL. Okay. Baseball's number yeah. two. Not in the world, because you got soccer. That Premier League soccer is huge. 
but they're number two in this country. NBA's behind them in revenue. So all this idea of, well, the sport's dying. It's not dying. It's not going anywhere. They got loads of money. They got plenty of money. They got the TV. They got the regional TV contracts too, right? And so where I think it's dying is what? The passion for the sport, right, Mark? The, yeah. It's it's the it's the the guy or the somebody watching this thing, enjoying it, coming back to it when all he sees or she sees is fighting, constantly fighting about money, constantly to the table or negotiating something. The COVID thing gave him a black eye, and now they're over here at a, in a lockout situation. So I think it's the passion, but I think they could solve that with solve, with some of these issues about the length of the game. You know, get rid of the shift, pitch counts. Really pitch counts. Put a damn put a damn camera behind at home plate where the pitcher can see it, just like they do in the NFL. Put a play clock there. It's why not? They do it in other sports. If they can have some guy sitting back there with a radar now uh, uh, set up, then you can put a clock there. So there are things that can be done to bring the passion back. But wouldn't you agree, Mark? That it, 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 it the passion is what's dying, not. Not the revenue, not the sport itself. No, it is dying. You're right. You're right. It is dying. And and you really right now, you only got the diehards that that are passionate. For instance, where you are, is oh. is anyone talking about this? The fact that they they're on well, they must be over there because the re- revenue spring training they must be hurting a little bit, right? Because it does affect their revenue because that cactus league is huge, right out there. Right. Yep. They're talking about they're talking more about spring training than they are about the regular season. That's what they care most about right now is because you have to understand the influx of, of people. You get people coming in from How all over the country. How many teams are out there? Oh, uh, now they, you know, because Cleveland's here now, um, they probably have, you know, off the top of my head, maybe what, 10, 10 to 15 teams, something like that. I mean, Anaheim and you've got the Rockies and of course, Arizona, um, you know, Seattle, the Padres, uh, you know, these are teams. And, and now in Goodyear, you got the, the, the uh, Indians. Uh, nothing's in Tucson, I don't think, anymore. Everything's up in, uh, you know, when they made that movie Major League <laughs> with the Cleveland Indians, they were down, and that was down in Tucson. But, no, I think I think here in this region, people are upset about the spring training because a lot of people plan their trips around that. They come out here for vacation. You can see a lot of things in Arizona, and you can go to the spring training games, Mark. So. What is the cost to go to one of those games out there? It's, it's probably for the lawn seats, which is great. I wouldn't watch it in the stands. It's so it's such a nice feel. You can get tickets for as low as ten bucks, wow, ten fifteen bucks. You know, get out in the lawn, take your kids. You don't have to stay the whole game. You you didn't spend so much on the ticket where you're like, no, we're not leaving, Jimmy. We're not going anywhere, pal. We're sitting right here. We I spent a hundred. I spent three hundred dollars on tickets today. You know, it's yeah. not it's not like that. So. But Mark, to your point, yeah. That's not, see, that's nice, and that's that that's and when you talk about the passion. Well, that's part of that passion. Maybe you'll get that passion back if you can have a family go sit and, and you know, in the, in the grass with chairs and lawn chairs and on the lawn and just watch a game. But if you're losing that aspect of it, that that's a problem. But yeah. as you said, if they're not losing revenue, they don't care. They don't care. Well, because baseball's big with youth here. They play, they play all year okay. round. Okay. So these kids are playing all year round. So honestly, spring training hurts because if you want to get the kids in, in, in interested in Major League Baseball, you got to bring them to those games. Those are the games because those are fun, right? Yeah. So we'll see how that goes over the next, uh, who knows how many they're going to lose. But I think Mark's right. They're going to go right up into the edge of when they get their TV money. 
So Weekly Rewind was presented by Studio 42 Designs, studio42designs.com. Hey, we want to hear some from, to, you know, want to hear from someone in the nation. Yes, Joe, Mark? So, finally. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get our heated hotline oh, right now. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Lisa from Boroughville. I am thrilled right now with the Celtics. They're a top five team in the league and a championship contender, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Thanks. Short, sweet, to the point. I love and it. And I think that on accurate, Mark. You're asking me? I'm asking you. You 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 know, is that who's uh, Joe again? I never hear that Lisa from Boroughville, yes. Boroughville, Rhode Island. All right. Yes. Well, Lisa, thank you for the call. We appreciate the message. And it is to the point, Mark. Is she right? I mean, uh, you know, talk to me about the Celtics. What? <laughs> I mean, she set it up. She set it up. Yes, They're she, fifth in the East, right? They're fifth well, in no, the she's, East. She, I, I don't, yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth yeah, in fifth. the East now, yeah. you know, she and, 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 and she and, said and, that she thinks coming. they're a championship contender. Well, what do you think? I don't think they're a championship <laughs> contender. I think, I think they're a few pieces away from that. I, I, listen. We're going to see tomorrow. I hope Kyrie Irving plays because I really want to see them match up against Duran and Kyrie. I get Simmons, and Ben Simmons can add some stuff to Brooklyn, but it's let's face it, it's Kyrie and Durant, right? So let's see what they do tomorrow if Kyrie plays in Boston with him because Durant came back and scored over 30 points the other night. Let's see what happens. Um, I don't know if they can get by Brooklyn, and I don't know if they can get by only because every time they play Milwaukee – this kid Middleton, he, he plays like he's a top five guy in the league when he plays against the Celtics for some reason. I think the Celtics are playing better. I, I think they, they, that Udoka made some adjustments that have worked. Are they a championship contender? I think that's a bit of a stretch right now, but I think they're getting there. They get they're closer. I think I, I like what I'm seeing. I think you still got a couple of pieces, and then I think next year is, okay, is this working or not working? And if not, you blow it up. But I, I, I don't think this year they're a championship contender. What do you think? I mean, I think – look, look at the proof, you know, look at the sample size to this point. Yes, tomorrow, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow too, and as I think all Celtics fans are, to see, you know, what they're made of. But, you know, we've been hearing – because they've won, what, 12, 12 out of the last – they're 12 and 3 out of the last 15, okay? So – and coming out of the break, we, the first concern was, you were hot going in. Are you going to be hot coming out of the All-Star game? Well, they are. They, you know, check, check off. Okay, now the next thing is quality of, you know, opponents. Well, they haven't been playing everybody, and anytime they play anyone, they're missing guys. You know, you play the hand you dealt. We kept talking about that. But they were blowing those teams out by 30. Now we get to the Memphis game, okay? Memphis is the number three team in the league. Not the conference, the league, okay? They were full. They had Morant, and they had all their guys. Nobody was missing, right, from that game? Yep. Except we had the Celtics were missing Brown, Jalen Brown, best, second-best player on that team, right? So they beat that team 120 to 107, and I don't think Memphis ever led. I think it was wire-to-wire, wire, the Celtics, which is the second game they did that. Mark, the defense is unreal right now, and that's without Brown. Brown's a good defender, too. Okay, Morant had his, you know, you could see the game plan. He had his, he had 38, four and, and seven assists, but Tatum was right there too, you know, with, with 30, with 37, six and five. So, I mean, those two guys are going to get theirs, those stars. 
Now we're starting to see what you were concerned with. We were concerned with the bench. We were concerned with the second-tier guys. What could they do? Well, as a whole, they were 51, 52% from the floor, 43% from three-point mark. Now, you can't always rely on that, but they're playing the inside-out game really, really well. Smart is now playing more like a point guard. He's play, he had 12 assists in that game. So he's behaving more like a point guard, and you know why I think that is, because White's there now, and he's pushing him. But to me, when I look at this team, and I break this down, and, and who's the most impactful player? You're going to yell at me right now. But to me, the most impactful player right now is Williams. It's what Williams brings to the table. When you look at the player efficiency ratings, I know you hate these kinds of things. But the player efficiency rating, he's number 10. He's number 10 on that list. Tatum's number 20. When you look at the defense Windsor stats and ratings, Tatum's number one. Williams is number seven. This, what this guy has brought to this, so you say, well, what's different now than was before? Him, White. Those are the guys that are different. So when you talk about a Milwaukee series, Mark, I like our chances better than I did before. I know you're talking about history and what we were like against Middleton, but now you're going to be able to devote more defense to him. You can, you can handle these guys one-on-one. Not a lot of switch. You know, they'll be switching, but even when they switch, Mark, they're good. They can defend multiple positions on the court. And I'm okay with Giannis and Williams. He's going to get his. He's going to get his. But there's so many ifs with Brooklyn. If this, if that. I'm more worried about Philly. So, Mark, I think they're there. I do. I think they are a contender in that, in that, in that conference. I don't know about the league, about winning a championship. But I think in that conference, the sitting number five, Mark, how high can they go? Well, yeah, yeah, they they could. I mean, I don't I mean, know. How high, how high you, can they go? I mean, what? If you look at the records, Chris, I, I think they're stuck. They probably could get as high as maybe four. I don't know if they can crack the top three seeds. They probably could get the four, perhaps. So in looking at the complex, the, the, the makeup of this roster, would you say Williams is the third best player on this team? That he has surpassed Smart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So Without he's, imp- you know, and if you look at Williams, because the impact. What, I was just going to say, based on what you just explained to us, it appears that Williams, and I get Tatum's Tatum and Brown's Brown. Williams is as impactful as anybody on that roster right now, based on what you 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 just went through with us. And if that's the case, if he can continue to elevate like that, well, hey, who knows? It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun spring if 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 he can do that. You know, it's gonna be a fun. But and I think he's going to have to. If you think that they have a chance in the East, he's going to have to do that, or they don't have a chance in the East because that third guy, I'm telling you. Is not my. I understand what he's doing right now. It's not Marcus Smart. It's no. not. And 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 White is giving you stuff. He is. I, I. But I still don't know if those guys are a three type of a guy. I think they. they, they but they're complimentary guys. And you talk about defense, Chris. I'm gonna tell you who doesn't get a lot of a, a lot of play. Um, is the assistant coach for Boston is a Rhode Island guy. Went to high school. Played high school basketball in Rhode Island. Joe Mazzula went to West Virginia. Played for West Virginia uh, Division One basketball. West Virginia. He's a defensive guy, and he really works defensively with these guys. And he was the only holdover from Stevens' staff. Uh, Adoka came in and brought in all his own guys, but he kept him. The kid is somebody to keep an eye on because he can teach defense. 
And you know what, Mark? And that's a good point. You know, Mark, so you're always going to lean to the hometown guy, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's 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 what's going to happen. But you know something? You look at going into half like that. I'm talking about this Memphis game because to me, that's probably their best win so far. Okay, and going into the half, you know, they they they're in the game. They're fluttering a little. It's not. It's not like they're blowing them out. You know, there are some things that need to be. They looked a little sluggish without Brown, right? So they go into the locker room, they come out. Now, that's been happening the last few games where they go into the locker room, they come out, and they're on fire. Their pace is better. The ball movement's better. You know, the tempo is better. The shooting, everything. And so I start to look at it and say, how good is Udoka? Udoka, sorry. How good of a coach is he in, 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 in adjustments at the half? You know, they go in, they watch film, they watch what's going on in that game, and he's making some, he obviously is making some pretty damn good adjustments coming out of that locker room because they get on and they go on five and mock with the defense. There's got to be the, the thought. What I have in watching that defense is saying, okay, why are they so much better? Yeah. Williams is getting, coming into his own, getting better, but mock, I think the pace and the tempo is allowing for that too. We talked last week about getting that ball up court, you know, with like 20, 19 seconds over the timeline versus 16. Well, on the defensive side of the, when you go on offense and you, you work that ball around the way they're doing in and out, that team, the other team's dead tired, man. They, they, they're, and now they're coming back down, and your defense can play all that much better, I think. So, Mark, they're stifling. So, yeah. the bottom line, Mark, okay, I know, you know, for Lisa, to give her the answer of what we think. Is this team, is this, can this team win the East? Let's not talk about the league, because can I don't think, I don't, neither one. Can they win the East, Mark? And should they at this point? They got, what, like 18 games left, something like that? You know what? Ah, you convinced me. They can win the East. Forget <laughs> it. They can win the East. I, I was sure. I was wow. sure that he was. Joe. <laughs> Woo. I tell you. He, and, that, and that's a, listen, that's a change. That's a, a, a one-day change. Yesterday you thought, nah, no good. It's even, even from this morning. But I'll let you know tomorrow night about eight o'clock. Oh, that's you know what? That's a cop out. That's Joe. He just lost. He didn't lost all the freaking credibility you just gained. You know, take that shirt off. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve to wear the brawny shirt. That's it. That's a nice name for the show today, Joe. Brawny, the brawny, brawny. shirt. Yeah, well, right? I already named so it. we'll see what happens, Lisa. But thank you for the call. Heated hotline was presented by Jag Media Productions. Time to go, gentlemen. You know, that time is here again. We want to uh, thank and give thanks to all the uh, presenters and thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes Radio, the iHot Radio app, and uh, for you Alexa listeners, Heated Hotline, 855-313-PATS. We want to hear from you all week long so Joe can pick and pick and pick and pick the best one. So make sure you give us a call, 855-313-7287, and come back every Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, for Corso and Catone, the real deal, New England feel. For Mark Catone, Joe Guarneri, I'm Chris Corso. See you next week. All right, Corso and Catone on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or wherever you podcast. And subscribe to the YouTube channel, Corso and Catone, and catch the chaos at 7 p.m. on Saturday.